Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. today. Good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hi, Brenda. We're ready for you. Go ahead. Hello. Can you hear me? Are you there, Cliff? Hi there. Hang on, Jennifer. We are going to introduce you properly. We had a technical glitch, everybody, but we have overcome it because we can overcome anything, including the United States of Stress, and that is what our show is about tonight. I'm your good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, and I'm so happy you're with us. You are going to love hearing from Tonight's guest, I'm going to introduce you to Miss Jennifer Kitt in just a moment. But first, I want to ask you something. Are you living in the United States of stress? Does your life feel overwhelming? Do you feel tired, like you can't catch your breath? Do you have trouble falling asleep at night? Do you feel like you can't get out of bed in the morning because you could use another eight hours of sleep? Do you find yourself snapping at your loved ones and growling at your coworkers and thinking negative thoughts about everybody and everything around you? You, my friend, may be gaining weight 
or finding yourself having just that extra cocktail a little too often. If any of these things are true for you, these are the medical diagnostic symptoms of stress. And most people are experiencing it. Now, here's where you're going to see more stress than anywhere else, and that is in your love life because relationships are so vulnerable to stress. And we know that you can destroy a good relationship by just being a stressed-out person. No sex, no connecting, and a lot of drama. All right. Our guest today is Ms. Jennifer Kitt, and she has interviewed Halle, Barry, Angela Bassett, Mary J. Blige, Dr. Maya Angelou, and many other African-American luminaries on her immensely popular radio show, Today's Black Woman. And you don't have to be a black woman to learn something about stress today, as Ms. Jennifer Kitt and I are kicking it. She is one of the most recognized and powerful voices on the airwaves, and she is known, I love this, she is known as the CEO, that is Chief Empowerment Officer, everyone. And you're going to get to hear her tips on stress and living your best life now in this information-packed hour ahead. Now, this week and every week, I want you to understand the key to good love is knowing that you are worthy, you are deserving, and you are lovable. In fact, you know, that's the mantra for our program, and you get to say it with me. Here we go. I am worthy. Now you say it. I am worthy. I am deserving. Let me hear you. I am deserving. And let me feel you on this one. And I am so lovable. I am worthy, I am deserving, and I am so lovable. Make that your mantra every day. Look in your mirror when you're washing your face, combing your hair, shaving, brushing your teeth, whatever you're doing, and say that to yourself. Get your brain wrapped around. I am worthy, I am deserving, I am lovable. And we're going to focus, as always, on why good love is essential to your greatness. How to identify negative love patterns that are blocking you from good love. And, of course, how do you break the chains of what happened back then so you are free to experience what is happening right now? Now, if you want to join the conversation, you can dial 347-289-0776 and push 1 on your phone and Cliff, who is our moderator, We'll have you join the discussion for your questions or comments or hit us back on Facebook or tweet us at Dr. Brenda Wade. All right, now Jennifer Kitt educates, entertains more than one million listeners each week as the host of today's Black Woman radio show. And for over two decades, she's been bringing her gift to listeners to help them realize the amazing power that they possess And that shines through every single one of her broadcasts. And she has a book and a teleseminar called Shake Up Your Life. And I'll tell you more about that, but it's available at www.jenniferkitt, that's K-E-I-T-T, jenniferkitt.com. And she's here today 
and she's going to help us tackle the United States of stress. All right, Miss Jennifer Kitt, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Oh, are you kidding? It is an honor and a pleasure. And I just know that there are a lot of our listeners who recognize some of those symptoms I talked about that are symptoms of stress. Now, in your view, Jennifer, what are some of the biggest stressors that you yourself, we're going to start with you, have faced because you're living the big life, you're helping so many people. How does that stress affect you? Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting because I, I've just released, launched, however you want to phrase it, my, my youngest child, um, Samantha, started college and just finished up her freshman year. And so my husband and I found ourselves at the beginning of August of last year, empty nesters. And it mm. wasn't until then that I recognized how much um, life stress, if I, if I can put it that way, I was under. It's, it wasn't until things had really settled down and I had space again for just me that mm. I recognized how much just being a mom, just being a wife, just being um, a, a professional, I, I didn't realize, honestly, I, honestly, I did not realize <laughs> how much I was carrying until right. there was no more. And then I, I, I remember the first weeks or so, maybe about three or four weeks into being an empty nester, I looked at my husband over dinner and I said, oh my God, I can think. My brain feels like it's just been released. I mean, there's like all this Space in there. I don't have to worry about anybody else's schedules, about being there for someone else, about making sure that everything is taken care of for four to five to six different people. It was wonderful. So to answer your question in a backhanded kind of way, yeah, I was living just like your listeners are living, just like you're living every single day in that grind. And it wasn't until I recognized, oh my God, there was so much more I could have redone in terms of freeing up some space because I was so consumed, you know, with living my life the way that I was living that I didn't even recognize until they were no more in the, in the daily grind. And, and that I is, Jennifer, I can relate yeah. to what you're saying because for so many people, not everybody, you may want to get out a pen and paper or get out your little mobile device and take notes because so many of us don't recognize the stress until it stops. And then we exactly. go, oh, my God, how, exactly, how was I doing that? And, Jennifer, you made me think about that commercial that's on the air where they have the young people applying for the job, and they get there, they, they see an ad in the paper or something like that, they see the, the thing go in, and then the person who's interviewing them says, now, this job um, is a job that's 24 hours a day, you don't get vacations, you don't get paid, you don't get breaks or days off, and, and they're going, well, wait a minute, that can't be legal. What are you talking about? What kind of job is that? And they say, well, what kind of job do you think it is? And they're guessing, and then finally the person says, it's called being a mom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, it, it's a job that I would never have traded, never. But there, there were ways that I could have done it a lot 
easier, I think, which is why I, I've kind of re- revamped and retweaked and reinvented a lot of the material that I have been sharing with, with listeners and with folks over the last 25, 26, 27 years because I recognize now hindsight is twenty twenty, and I want to use that hindsight yeah. to help others. The top causes of stress, I mean, we know them, it, job pressures and money pressures and health and relationships and nutrition, that's not the way that it should be, or media overload that's huge nowadays and sleep yes. deprivation, all of that, all of that I can relate to. And there are ways to manage it better, but not until you take a break, not until you kind of step back, not until you can get some distance between you and the stress can you really recognize just how much you might be under. Right. I couldn't agree with you more, and I appreciate you sharing that page from your personal experience because most of us, are, this is one of the keys to today's stress. Most of us are fulfilling multiple roles. Mm-hmm. And if you're mm-hmm. fulfilling multiple roles, you're a partner, you're a parent, you're a professional, if you have all these multiple roles, you're a family member, many people are now in the sandwich generation. You're taking care of your life, your kids, and your parents. Okay, I've got my mom, I'm taking care of, and I have my children, I'm taking care of. So we have all of these different roles. Take a look at your life, everybody. Jennifer isn't the only person. I'm not the only person. One of the keys to healing stress is to be able to identify what we're feeling, and I gave you that little checklist at the top, but also what are you dealing with? Now, Jennifer, mm-hmm. one of the biggest stressors, you know this, I know this, but let's talk about it, is M-O-N-E-Y. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I My show on Sunday, I mean, it was the United States of Stress, and every caller, overwhelmingly, 75, easily 75 to 85 percent of the folks that called in, and they were calling and calling, they said that money was tight. One man in particular really touched my heart. His wife was the breadwinner and she has now taken ill. So Mm. he can't work because he's taking care of her and obviously with her being the breadwinner and being, you know, disabled right now, things are just piling up and it's one Mm. thing after another after another. Oh, my heart went out to him because I recognize and I too have been not in a necessarily the same situation, but in that situation in which money pressures, which is a major cause in the in relationship rifts and relationship breakage is because of the the money not being right. Um, And so, yeah, we've got to learn coping mechanisms, coping strategies so that the Stress does not kill us because it does have the power to do that. Oh, yes, it does. Believe me, we all know that 75 to 90% of all visits to the doctor are related to stress. Now, let's, let me say something about the money. Sometimes, mm-hmm. Jennifer, people ask me, why do couples fight so much about money? Why is it that fights over money are the number one cause of divorce. Mm-hmm. And I want to just throw in, because I want to hear your perspective on this, the mm-hmm. two pieces to it. First of all, for modern people, we still act like cave people because the brain is hardwired for us to survive. And anything that makes the brain think 
that we are not safe or that we might starve, those are the two primitive survival mechanisms built in the brain, makes the brain go into this big stress response. So anytime there's a financial stressor, your brain doesn't say, oh, there's a financial stressor, perhaps we'll have to work that out. No, 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 no. Your brain says, you're going to starve to death. And then you go into that stress meltdown and start fighting with the very person who's playing on your team. Now, the second thing is when people are stressed out and you're in a relationship, the crankiness, the irritability, the tiredness, the I don't have time or energy for you, which gets triggered by that you're going to starve to death thing, has to come out in the marriage. So I know you've talked to a lot of people, Jennifer. What kinds of things, like the man you told us about, what kinds of things would you share about how people need to deal with it and any other info or stories you want to share with us? Because you are a library, and I'm going to just pick everything out of that library. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I, in fact, I shared this on, on Sunday. I've got a, a little bit of a slightly different, I think, perspective in terms of the, 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 the way that we deal with stress. And so here was my take on it, and here is my take on it, and this comes directly out of my own life experience. The way that we handle the stress, whether it be money stress or stress in relationships based on, you know, not enough sex or not enough of this or not enough of that, whatever the case may be, I believe that the way that we handle stress is based on how we are innately wired, meaning our personalities. Case in point, my husband and I, when we were first married about a year and a half, we've been married about 28 years now, so I'm going oh, way congratulations. back. Oh, yeah, I'm going way back to about 1987. Um, we were about a year, a year and a half maybe into the marriage, and we were roughly sixty to $80,000 in debt on a 40000 maybe, $40,000 a year salary. Stress is not even the word. Breakdown, meltdown, not going to make it to year two was really where we were at. But what I noticed was time after time, day after day, I would be a wreck. I mean, crying and screaming and yelling and just acting out. And my husband would just be as calm and collected as a cucumber. And it it made me furious. How could you not be worried? How could you not be feeling everything that we're feeling right now? And I learned a very valuable lesson there. The way that he is innately wired, his personality bent, his, his classification, how he is assessed, how he, I believe God has made him to be, doesn't even play in his personality for worry as long as he continues down the pathway and he thinks logically and he thinks cautiously and he thinks systematically, he handles stress a whole lot different than my type A personality, which is always off the wall, bouncing, wanting to figure out, wanting to scream, wanting to shout, wanting to yell. So I have asked people, begin to recognize how you are innately wired. If you are cautious by nature, if you, if you have to have quality answers, you're going to act out. Stress is going to affect you differently. I know with my husband, he wanted to get all the bills out. He wanted to see exactly how much we owed. He wanted to create a strategy and a plan. I just wanted to tackle everything at once. I wanted to figure out how we can go 
get more money, or I wanted to yell and scream at people, I wanted to be angry, I wanted to be mad. But that really is innately how my personality is wired. Mm. If we can get a hold of our personalities, if we can understand how we are naturally designed, we can then use our natural giftedness to begin to ease and to begin to strategize and to begin to plan how we're going to work out in the stressful situations. That has been the story of our lives. My husband is the exact opposite of me. And I used and learned during that very stressful time in our marriage, I learned how to rely and use his strengths, which were my weaknesses at that time. And he, in, in, in other situations and circumstances in which it was necessary, does the exact same thing for me. It's so we utilize each other. Secret. Instead of fighting against Quit. each other, we use, the, we use each other. Um, to be able to tackle it. But it all depends on how you're wired. Know what kind of personality type you are. Know what sets you off. Know what your triggers are. Know what stress Yes, so one of the things about triggers, let me hold you right there for a second. Everybody, I told you you need to write this down. Okay, Jennifer's giving a formula. Take a look and ask yourself, how am I most likely to respond to stress, and the way you answer the question is you just take a look at how you've been when there's stressful times, and that's your answer. If you shut down and withdraw, if you become logical and you handle it, or if you go off on other people, scream, yell, etc., that's how you handle it. And everybody's had enough experience with stress. You know what your personality is. Now, the second thing she said is identify your triggers. And Jennifer, ironically, I just got through teaching a teleseminar on identifying your triggers. And here's how you identify your triggers, everybody. You notice when you're stressed, what you're likely to do, now here's a key question on triggers, you then ask yourself, oh, if I did it that way, What does this remind me of? Because everybody's got a trigger. The trigger Mm -hmm. could be, and I was telling a story, Jennifer, let me just toss it out here. I was telling a story about a man who got very, very triggered at home with his wife, uh, overdrank, uh, got borderline violent and was out of control, and she was so frightened and upset. She left home, went and stayed at her sister's, and then said she wasn't coming back till they went into therapy. And they came to see me, and I asked him, well, what happened that day when you had this big episode? Well, guess what? He had had a major breakdown at work where his boss had been angry because he dropped the ball on something, threatened to fire him. He went and responded by getting drunk and doing all the stuff mm-hmm. I described. But guess what? Here's the real trigger. The trigger wasn't what happened at work. The trigger is what it reminded him of, which was an incident with his father. Mm. Threatening Mm. him and belittling him and putting him down and criticizing him when he was a little boy because he fell and broke a lamp. Mm. So triggers are all about everybody, what Jennifer said. It's your personality and how you're likely to respond. But then you've got to ask a question. You know, when I respond like this to this situation, 
what does the situation remind me of? Because what it mm-hmm. reminds you of is your trigger. The real mm-hmm. trigger is what Dad said or Mom said or who wasn't there or who was there. Okay, Jennifer, this is, this is getting deep. It's getting deep. Now, we know that stress, the biggest stressor for most people really and truly is financial. We know that. We've talked about that. It can absolutely come out in relationships, but it also impacts health. Now, you started out, Jennifer, saying stress can kill. Yeah, stress absolutely. Can kill. We absolutely. know it's implicated in lots of people having symptoms that takes them to your doctor. But let's talk about stress in relationships and what that has to do with our overall well-being because relationships in and of themselves can be stressful. Absolutely they can. I mean, you know, the the reality of it is several studies that um, really kind of had me on edge um, in my research with the subject, and and one in particular um, that I think speaks to women in particular um, was an article on theroot.com that talked about the fact that black women in particular are aging faster on the insides. Our organs, our literal insides are aging faster than our white counterparts or that other, than other races. And it's directly reti- tied to the stress levels that black women are carrying nowadays. So we might not age as, 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 um, as hard or as challenged, we're not challenged in our aging exterior, in our, in our skin and in our face and how our, our looks. But inside, stress is wreaking havoc. And I think that that speaks directly to the types of stress that women in particular, black women in particular, are experiencing. Many of my callers that called on Sunday, they were the breadwinners. Lots of African-American women and women, period, are finding themselves in this role of being the major support and the major breadwinner in the home, and that is taking its toll. Obviously, that leads to money pressures if she's the only one working and or if he's unemployed or he's underemployed and she's got that, that, that burden, if you will, of carrying the entire family financially, that is definitely mm. having an effect on her with her And even level. women who are married when their spouse is working or if you're in a same-sex relationship and both partners are working, there's still a severe stressor there. There's still a severe stressor because everybody, here we go again, you're going to hear us repeat things. You know, I repeat things because I want you to remember them. This is called that dual role, multiple role stressor. All the different roles, (laughs) Jennifer, when you were talking about, you know, the mom role and then you have the wife role and then you are a radio host and you're a writer and you're a speaker and you're a teacher. You have seminars. You have all these incredible things you're doing. Pause one sec. Everybody, by the way, you can join the conversation with Jennifer Kitt and I. She has so much to share. We'd love to hear your comments or questions. We're talking about the United States of Stress. You can hit us back on Facebook or Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade. Or if you want to call, feel free to call us. The number is 347-989-0776. Okay, take a breath. Woo, Jennifer. 
We're talking about a subject, but just touching on it, because I have been in this situation where I myself have been married and been the only breadwinner, and it was no fun. So I had to take a breath there for a minute, because it's very challenging, because it didn't mean I didn't love my husband. It didn't mean I wasn't his biggest fan and supporter, but Mm -hmm. it's a real challenge to hold that role and at the same time, at the same time, keep the marriage very connected. So there's a lot of stress that's economic. It affects relationships. And wait, 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 wait. What about people who get in relationships and they are unprepared for a relationship and in and of itself that relationship becomes the stressor? Absolutely. Um, The second hour of my show was um, he or she is driving me crazy or I'm under stress because of the relationship. Should I stay or should I go? And we just Mm. actually had to weigh in on that. Um, The top 10 causes of marital stress are money problems and then the children, sex, time apart or lack of quality time, you know, household responsibilities, friends, irritating habits, family, in-laws, <laughs> children, stepchildren. I mean, the list goes on and on. Expectations, personality conflicts. There are a lot of things that could go wrong. But I, as I said on Sunday and as I, I firmly believe and live in my life, I am the eternal optimist. And I Good want you. relationship. I want relationship to work. And I don't believe that there are insurmountable things. I I believe that if both parties, and that's the key, if both parties actually want the relationship more than they want to be right or more than they want to fight or more than they want... Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say you want the relationship more than you want to be right? Uh, Write that down, everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's saved my marriage because it came to the point where um, I had to either give up being right, which by the way, transparency here, I do not like to be wrong. I do like to be right. <laughs> but I did recognize that you can't be right and, and still stay married. And you can't be right all the time and, and still have a healthy relationship. That doesn't mean that I mean that I have been wrong. It means that I and my of husband Of course you both. haven't. We know that. You are right. <laughs> We've come to conclusion. We've come to compromise. We've come to understanding. And all of those skill sets, which to me can help dilute the stress levels that so many people are under. Um, these things are not insurmountable. The kids don't have to be the breaker or the, or the time apart or the lack of quality time or lack of communication and money problems. They don't have to destroy the relationship. But it's going to take a strategy. It really is. Yes, and the strategy is something in just a few minutes. We'll talk more about strategy, but we got to go a little deeper on this relationship thing because there are a lot of women out there. I talk to women all day, every day in my private practice and with people in seminars and in our various classes who say to me, be they black, white, Asian, be they native-born, be they of whatever, ever background, gay and straight, who say there are no good ones left. And I hear it more from black women than I hear it from anybody else. Although I'm telling you, in in all honesty, I hear it from everybody. 
Mm. So, Jennifer, where are the good good ones? If you're looking for a good man, what's going on? Because that's a stressor, being single. We know that I, I, the research yeah, is in. It's I, more I, stressful. No, I, I recognize that. I do recognize that. And is it easy? Mm, I, I, I guess the jury is still really out on that. And I say it this way. If a woman and or a man, because I talk to both sexes, and every time I do relationship shows, there's an equal amount of men saying the exact same thing that they're looking for Ms. Wright. So there mm-hmm. are men available out there who are looking. I'm not sure if we're not looking in the right place, or I'm not sure if we're not looking with the right motive. I'm not sure if we're not looking, um, you know, in terms of just really who we are and really trying to attract what we exactly want in life. I don't think that there's a cut, a cookie cutter answer for that, but mm-hmm. I want to get mm-hmm. believe eternally that there is someone for everyone. Yes. I have seen men and women that I would not think could be in a relationship and they are. And they're happy. I think it is possible. I don't believe well, Jennifer, I don't I'm it. with you. I am I, with I you. I agree with you 100%. And I say it from, I'll be honest, one of my specialties is getting people married. Oh, and I have great. a great track record in our various classes. We have people who are getting engaged, who've gotten married, because one of the keys is when our stress levels are too high, we're not fit for human consumption. One of the things that makes it easier for you to find a partner is address your stress, lower it. We're going to give you some tools in a minute. We also have a question that just came in. We'll take your question, so hang on. But it is important, very, very important, to know that there is preparation involved in getting into a relationship. It's not magic, Although it may feel magical, it's not magic. You've got to be prepared, and one of the ways to prepare is lower your stress. If you're stressed out, you're not going to be all that attractive. Okay, mm. question, Jennifer. Here is this question. Ooh, it's a doozy. Looks like somebody must have peeped into my life. Okay. It's uh, my former <laughs> life. <laughs> my husband has been out of work for over a year. And he's just not motivated to get another job because I make good money. This is totally stressing me out. What should I do? All right, we're going to hear from Jennifer Kitt, and I'm going to have to wear my love doctor hat here in a minute. We're going to take, take this one, Jennifer. Let's go. You know, I I believe wholeheartedly if you are in the marriage, if he is the one and this is the marriage and the relationship with you, I honestly believe in that whole uh, journey that says better or worse, richer or poorer, et cetera, et cetera. So what does that look like? That looks like a very heart-to-heart conversation. That looks like being honest, being open, being transparent with him, letting him know that the, the lack of motivation is, is impacting you, how it's impacting you, why it's impacting you, and then most importantly, to come to conclusion at the end of a heart-to-heart conversation in terms of takeaway items and action items that both parties are going to do. What does she want from him? Does she want him, for example, 
three times uh, or have three job interviews lined up by the end of next month? Does she want to see him actively pursuing employment? Does she want him to get involved with volunteering, to be productive, to write out a vision statement or a mission statement? Be very specific in terms of what you would like to see happening, ha- happening from him so that you can begin to clearly articulate that to him and both of you can come to conclusion. There's nothing, wa- there's nothing worse than a partner feeling in the relationship that they're left holding the bag. Now, that could be in the the person being, the woman being the breadwinner, or it also could be if he's left you emotionally. You feel like you're emotionally trying to carry the whole relationship. Or sexually, you feel like you're trying to carry the whole sexual relationship. It goes into so many different components. But what I have found is honest, straightforward, compassionate, and authentic communication. Nothing can beat that. Letting him know precisely that I don't want to see you as less than. I want to help you get motivated so that we can be the best that we can be together. That would be my, 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 my firm recommendation across the board, that she's clear on what is really bothering her so that she can clearly articulate to that and that they can both come to conclusion. All right. I love that authentic, yeah. open, honest, and everybody write it down, compassionate communication because compassion tends to go out the window when we're stressed. Now, I'm going to add something to what Jennifer just said. What we don't want is communication that starts like this. You are not motivated. You are not doing this. And you, now if the first word is you, 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 we're in a cycle that's called blaming, and the blame cycle is the number one reason that couples end up in fights that escalate. So take back Mm. that little blaming finger and instead compassionate communication, which I completely agree with. You, Jennifer, compassionate communication sounds like I'm feeling scared. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling so exhausted and like I'm alone carrying the load. I Now, here we go. The second part is request. I need your help. Mm -hmm. I can't do this without your help. I need us to sit down together and make a plan on how we, you hear that, we, we can solve our family finances. Absolutely. And let's, let's get together and see what we, so the language of unity is we, our, us, and compassionate language has two parts how I feel and how I feel doesn't go anywhere unless we also make a request. Okay, everybody, you got that? How I feel, request, and the language of unity. We, our, us. We, our, us. If it's I, me, mine, I, me, mine, I, me, mine, we have a problem. Okay, mm-hmm. Jennifer, tell us some wow. more about you. I understand you had to overcome some deep fears just to become this fabulous radio personality that you were so clearly born to be, what, what was that all about? Because you don't sound like a woman. You know, just listening to you, you don't sound like a woman who would have had a lot of fears. You sound incredibly confident. Oh, my gosh, no, absolutely not. I found myself um, about two years, no, maybe closer to three, out 
finishing my college degree. I got married two weeks after I graduated from college, so I got married really young um, and started my career, um, started radio, started television. I was headed straight for um, the networks. Now, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a, a Washington correspondent and found myself then about three years into our marriage in Chicago, my husband had gotten um, his first big um, management job, and we moved to Chicago, and I also had just had our first daughter. And I knew in my heart, I felt very um, compelled in my heart that I wanted to give motherhood my all, my full shot, my full attention. And so I made a huge, huge, huge life-changing shift and I um, went on sabbatical, walked away from the industry because I knew that working television and radio in Chicago and being a brand new mom for me, once again, based on knowing myself and knowing how I'm wired, I knew I couldn't do it. Um, I don't recommend that for every woman, but that was my story. And so I found myself at about 24, 25 years old in the suburbs of Chicago trying to raise this baby girl that I had no clue on how, how to do. Mm. I received all kinds of um, interesting feedback. What are you doing? Are you crazy? You're college educated and you're just at home with your baby? Are you kidding me? It was a very, very lonely um, challenging role to be this this young black woman educated and and with a career but opting for motherhood and um, it was a very dark time well eventually Morgan mm. was about two um, we got pregnant with our second child and after Naomi was born I decided to um, to begin to to delve back into uh, broadcasting so I got um, some anchoring work um, at a station in Chicago and remember walking in right after my second daughter was born and getting back on my uh, on that track of, of broadcasting but I remember about I don't know six months or so after getting back in the saddle I walked into the newsroom one day, and it was just an epiphany. I I discovered I hated it. I I don't. Oh my God! You're living your dream, and you hated it. Exactly. Number three market in the country. I'm doing exactly what I had set out to do as as a journalist and as a as a broadcasting major. And I I I was devastated, and I was scared because you don't. You're not 26, 27 years old with two kids, the white picket fence, the house on the hill, and the husband, and deciding that I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I just felt so lost and so alone and so not knowing what to do. Well, anyway, that summer um, was the summer of of discovery, um, the summer of, of deep introspection, the summer of that changed my life out of that summer out of that time burst came if you will today's black woman and today's black woman was my self-discovery of no it wasn't i wasn't tired or i wasn't through with broadcasting i was not through with being a journalist or being a communicator that wasn't the issue it was what 
I was saying. I did not like reporting daily news. News is not my favorite thing. I don't like right. bringing to people the death. Right, the and what you're doing now is so much more positive. Hey. Powering. I get it. Exactly. I get oh, it. Absolutely. So the confidence came as a result of finding my purpose, as a result of finding my destiny. But I very much struggle with fear and not knowing what to do or how to do it now, and where to go. How what did to you? Because I know everybody's thinking right now, well, how did she find her purpose? How did she find her destiny? Was there anything special that you did, any processes or any way that you went after your destiny it found me after i launched today's black woman i i owned it i syndicated it myself that gave a great boost a great deal of confidence but about six years seven years into the syndication process and today's black woman being very successful people started to ask me to come and speak and they started to ask me um, my opinions on things and i became this um empowerment expert as you as it were back in the early 90s when i created today's black woman black women were at a very critical juncture we were just discovering our voices we were just discovering our purposes we were on the come up as it were and it was right glorious time of really getting in there and saying this is who we are this is what we stand for this is how you take care of yourself this is how you nurture yourself this is how you have great marriages this is how you get your body together it was a marvelous time and out of that I found I loved what I was doing I I loved empowering women. I, and I oh my God! So I, I can't I can't that. help. It. Yeah. I'm going to stop you only for a second because we're going to come back and talk about the inspiration. But can we just for a minute sidebar, Jennifer? What about Portia and Kenya on Real Housewives of Atlanta in the cat fight where the other one's dragging? Uh, the other one across the room by her hair or her weave, however you want to look at it. But when you're talking about black women and empowerment, I can't help flashing on what we all just saw in the media yesterday and the day before. What's your take on that? I have a very um, interesting perspective um, Reality television is not reality. Reality television is scripted reality TV. And what I know for a fact, because I've talked with industry insiders and producers and executive producers of those types of shows, they are looking for the drama. And so, unfortunately, when a microphone and a camera is placed inside the hearts and the lives of people who have already been pre-selected based on their personality types and their drama that's going on, in their lives, you've created a powder keg and you're just lighting the fuse and waiting and watching for it to explode. So unfortunately, what we see is honestly a, a, a well-orchestrated um, powder keg, if I, if I could, for lack of a better way of saying it. If you mix certain chemical ingredients, scientifically speaking, you're going to get an explosion. It is the exact same way in reality television. They are picking personality types and storylines and plots and people that they can then create drama with to get ratings, to get paid, to make money. I understand that piece, but what's your feeling? Because I know you're right about that. What is your feeling about this being the image that's portrayed of these well-to-do African-American women? 
I don't believe that anyone really believes that that's the way that we really are. I've, I've had too many conversations with my own audience here in Atlanta because we're the, we're the stars, unfortunately, of that kind of drama. I just believe that it's those women. I don't believe that that is the representation of how African-American women are. I, I know too many that aren't like that. It's unfortunate. It's so entertaining television because, mind you, the statistics say the Housewives of Atlanta is Bravo's most successful franchise. So someone is watching it, and it's for entertainment value. That happens to be my, my personal take on it. It's unfortunate. It's um, entertainment. All right. Yeah, well, I, I totally, totally agree that these images, at least I hope, for so many women are not being taken as reality, that people recognize that this isn't real. But for a lot of people, I still worry that these images are saying there's a deep, deep unhealed part in the African-American woman's soul where there have been so many injuries, so much trauma. You know, I wrote a book called What Mama Couldn't Tell Us About Love, about healing those traumas that are historical, and I don't blame anybody. Everybody's had trauma. Whatever your background is, I research very carefully. Every lineage, it doesn't matter if you came from, your ancestors came from Ireland. There were famines that were created by the British to starve Irish Catholic people. If your ancestors were brought here in chains like mine, there's trauma there. If you were already here, you're a First Nations person, your people were submitted to genocide. If you came here from... Uh, Italy, wherever you came from, Jewish, people came here because they needed to go someplace where life could be better than it was wherever they were. So we've got trauma to heal, and for African-American women, when we see this kind of acting out, this kind of anger, I want to just say this. This is the, when women do, African-American women are hyper-irritable or angry, it is the number one symptom of depression and when we talk about empowerment which i know you are all about jennifer kitt Mm -hmm. one of the things you're working with is helping women to transcend the depression to have better relationships to deal with money issues and one of the ways you do it as the ceo chief empowerment officer is you have inspirational Power Breakfast. You interview celebrities. So we have just a few minutes left. Tell us who your favorite celebrity interview was and what you learned. Um, Probably Angela Bassett. And I learned um, and saw firsthand strength. I saw courage. Um, I saw gentleness and compassion. I saw elegance, sophistication. I saw intellect depth. Um, I had uh, just a wonderful years ago private one-on-one conversation with her um, face-to-face over a desk. I mean, we were just as close as two girlfriends could be. And she was just a woman of grace personified, which is why to even, you know, to even discuss the housewives scenario is, is really, it's, it's, 
I know thousands of black women, not just 10 or 15 or 20. Over the course of my career, I have been engaged with thousands of black women who are not like that. Yes, we have our issues. Yes, we have our struggles. But Angela Bassett, to me, I mean, just even how she's carried her career, you've not seen or heard drama and, and, and angst and ugly from her. She was absolutely by far one of the top interviews. Um, Tina Turner was that way as well. I had the opportunity uh, right before she left the States for good to, to go and live overseas um, to be face-to-face in studio with her. And she was, I was like, oh, God, if I could just age like she ages. Oh, isn't she gorgeous? Yes. Just look what she overcame. Look, yeah. Look now, when you interviewed Maya Angelou, what did you take away? Because we all know she's a fountain of wisdom. What did you take away? That would be it, wisdom. That would be it, mm. wisdom, intellect, how to be. Um, she's one of the mothers, I think, that, that black women can actually learn from. She's mm. um, a, bit, a heroine in that regard because I think that the older need to have a space and a place to speak into the younger's lives, and so that's yeah. what I take away you know, from, from more mature women like that. Um, but there's just too many. There's All too right. Many now, Jennifer, that have done in our so last much. few minutes, tell us about your book, Shake Up Your Life and your new show, The Jennifer Kitts Show, everybody. It's now airing on KISS 104 FM in Atlanta, or Hotlanta as we prefer to say. Tell us about the book. What's that all about? Um, the book is just, uh, it's 30 Steps to Powerful, Brilliant Living. With it, I've been doing, um, since the first of the year, um, coaching classes, seven-week coaching classes. We've graduated. Mm. I'm in my second I've got my, I'm in my second session now of coaching classes in which women and I go through and journey through um, highlighted and guided material, coaching ourselves and moving ourselves and journeying toward brilliant living. Um, the book is really just a, a, a culmination of, of steps and wisdom and ways to begin to step out of our comfort zones, to harness that innate power that's within us, you know, accelerating our potential, planning for our future kicking our self-doubt to the curb, embracing change. It is just a power-packed, 30-step, self-guided empowerment resource and tool that people and women are using um, to really get down and get dirty and get busy with changing their lives. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right, everybody. You can't resist that. Get down, get dirty, get busy changing your life. Pick up, shake up your life. And we do need to shake it up to get someplace new. And Jennifer Kitt, you are challenging everybody. You are living as the CEO, the Chief Empowerment Officer. <laughs> and I am so thrilled we got to have you this yes. evening with us on the Good Love radio show. And everybody, check her out, triple dub dot Jennifer Kitt. Now, her name is spelled Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. It's Kit, K-E-I-T-T. It's JenniferKit.com. The book is Shake Up Your Life. She's got empowerment seminars, and she can be heard on the radio on the Jennifer Kit Show and still today's black woman, right? Yes, absolutely. Good. Today's so black woman. Nationwide. Absolutely. Nationwide. Excellent. Jennifer Kitt, thank you so very thank much you. for holding a space, specifically for black women. But everybody, the advice 
and what Jennifer has shared tonight applies to everyone. And I'm going to leave you with this thought. Now, this is my stress-busting recipe. Everyone knows about HALT. Never let yourself get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. HALT. Take care of yourself. Your best prevention is to take your meds. MED stands for meditation, good exercise, good diet, and good sleep. Meditation reloads the brain. So those neurotransmitters that are lost during sleep, that's why you get cranky and irritable, can't sleep. Those things are lost when we're stressed out. Meditation replaces that. You can learn to meditate in a really simple, simple way. Meditation is anything that quiets your mind. It can be walking. It can be sitting with flowers. It can be listening to music that's soothing. Many ways to meditate. And I want you to halt. Take your meds. Jennifer Kitt, thank you again. Everyone, remember, coming up, we have Phyllis Newhouse who's going to be speaking to us on the science of getting rich. That'll lower your stress. Chris Michaels is coming up, The Power of You. I'm going to be leading a live two-day seminar here in San Francisco, May 24th and 25th, The Healing Secrets for Toxic Love and How to Build Your Best Relationship. So join me for that. That is my gift to you. So don't even worry about the money. May 24th and 25th here in our beautiful Good Love Academy. All right, everyone, always a pleasure to be with you, to have a fabulous guest like Miss Jennifer Kitt, who had so much to share. Be sure to check her out and stay with us for Good Love coming up over the next few weeks. We have some very, very hot topics. Thank you to our producer, Mr. LeGrand Green. A thank you to Cliff Dunning, who is our moderator. And I send you off with blessings till next week, everyone. Have some good love. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.